But Uva Bull, it must be said, is not the Enzo Ferrari of movies, and so that comparison <laughs> is not quite apt. Okay, well, I'm glad I was able to get something of an answer to that question then. Yeah, welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And it was a very big week this week. There was a very special award ceremony that happened. Oh, indeed. And it was an entertaining award show for probably not all the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. We were part of a stream for it, the Unlimited Video Game Store Stream of the Game Awards. Check it out on Twitch. Wink, wink. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a part at the very end that we caught on stream, but somehow none of us actually noticed and reacted to. Yeah, we didn't register right away. <laughs> and that is... After Miyazaki's speech accepting the Game of the Year award for Elden Ring, a kid who got up on stage with the rest of them and was just standing back there the whole time said he wanted to nominate this award to his reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> that whole thing has got to be one of the biggest fails in security I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, apparently like nobody... Nobody bothered to stop him. No. When he was there, I legit thought he was, like, one of the developers for FromSoft. It's like, I thought he was the one of the few Americans, if they have any Americans that work there. So I was just like, oh, this who's this guy? And I heard, when he was talking, I heard him mention Bill Clinton, but I think it was partially because it was 11 o'clock at night at that point, and I was dead tired. I just kind of went, okay. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, and it's still not fully confirmed, but it is believed that uh, this person is Matan Evan, and interestingly enough, not his first time trolling some kind of gaming-related event. Oh boy. Yeah, so there was a bit at BlizzCon 2019 where someone rushed up and shouted free Hong Kong, mm. and that was him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think he's also responsible for, at some basketball game, tricking the audience cam by holding up a, a shirt and then flipping it all of a sudden, and it was a free Hong Kong t-shirt. <laughs> Which is pretty damn good. That's pretty good, especially if it was like at an NBA game or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember the exact details, and I probably should have pulled them up, but this is a footnote, really. Hmm. Right. It just happened to be the biggest gaming news I could find, beyond the Game Awards itself. Which, I guess the biggest thing is Armored Core 6? Yeah, that was definitely the reveal that I would say was the one that caught most people off guard. Definitely myself and my co-worker included. <laughs> I thought it was Dark Souls. Yeah, so did we. For the first little bit of it, it was like, yeah, I can see the Dark Souls vibes here, especially with, you know, the imagery and the words and all that. Yeah, that was... I'm not big in the Armored Core, but I was very excited for the trailer that they showed. It, I've never been, like, so terrified, but also so mesmerized by a game trailer, because it was genuinely terrifying, the imagery that was shown. Yeah. Just, like, this planet that has been engulfed in flame and whatnot, and then afterwards... It's shown, it's like, oh, mech battles. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So, because there's been, like, leaks and everything about Armored Core. There's actually been a few leaks at least a year ago where some screenshots were put out. But I don't think anyone was expecting it to get revealed at this point. And I definitely don't think anyone was expecting for them to say that it would be released sometime next year. Yeah. I guess Party Animals was good. Not that that's a new game. We've already seen bits and pieces of that. Yeah, Party Animals is good. Party Animals scares me, because that is a game made for our group, and I am genuinely frightened to see how that would turn out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to have to get it. Mm-hmm. Party Animals was cool. There was also a new trailer for Final Fantasy sixteen, which even further solidified my interest in the game, largely because of the combat system. You can the... pet the dogs, no DLC, 10 out of 10. Yes, you can pet the dogs. <laughs> you can actually pet the animals. 10 out of 10, doesn't matter. Mm. No, like, I'm interested in because of the combat system. The combat system is, is being worked on by the gentleman who created the combat system for Devil May Cry 5, so if you're a fan of that... What the hell is gonna... this? Yeah, <laughs> you're probably gonna have a good time with the upcoming Final Fantasy title. That was the one that both me and Anthony were most looking forward to. And then Armored Core happened, and then I don't know about him, but for me, it kind of was like one of those things that's like, oh, that's right, Final Fantasy. <laughs> this is cool, but Armored Core. <laughs> Armored Core, though. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, we also got a gameplay trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I definitely was very excited to see. He's got two lightsabers now. He's like Sora. He's got two lightsabers. And he's able to force pull a stormtrooper and force him to shoot the stormtrooper's allies with their machine gun. I'm like, that's a cool ability right there. Also good enough reflexes that he's apparently slowing down time. Oh, yeah. Don't know how I feel. No, so in Fallen Order, which is a great game, like I really enjoyed Fallen Order. I would definitely say as far as anything single player Star Wars, it's the best thing we've had in quite some time. I don't know if it's a trope. But they kind of do the thing where they explain some of his abilities within um, Jedi Fallen Order. And it is um, canon within the greater Star Wars universe. And it's explained through some of the abilities and whatnot that um, help for gameplay. They say these abilities are relatively rare with Force users. And only a select few usually have them. Like, ah, <laughs> fine. Fine, writers. What, whatever. If it's something that makes the gameplay element make sense, then fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll agree to that. Yeah. So, but yeah, thought it was cool. Sorry, but homie does not look good with facial hair. <laughs> could have been worse. It could have, but for in, for my money, it still wasn't great. And that's pretty much all I really had to talk about the game awards. I could. I guess I could gush a little bit more about Armored Core, but the thing is, is that there's not really that much information about it. The trailer that was shown was not even like an in-engine trailer. It was just a 100% CGI trailer. So while definitely excited that it's being made, haven't actually seen enough to convince me to get it just yet. Mm. But you know, otherwise, looks cool. There was so much stuff going on at the Game Awards for the three hours um, that took place something something it'll be significantly shorter this year <laughs> you know i feel like it's it's hard to like really just like comment on everything yeah that's what we tried to do le during the stream which hey make sure to check it out unlimited video games at twitch tv wink wink 
yes, make sure to check it out. Make sure if you have any thoughts while you watch, let us know. And if nothing else, be entertained by us creatively and less than creatively just trash talking what we see on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it starts to it starts to peter off after a bit, but it's after a bit it starts to peter off after the first accepted speech. <laughs> You're right, it did. So did the speech. Yes, yes, it did. Someone forgot to turn on the teleprompter, and then later on, everyone was like, okay, guys, make sure the teleprompters are actually freaking on this time. Prompter! Prompter! <laughs> prompter, damn it! <laughs> prompter to what? <laughs> I could see you saying that if you were part of that crew. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. <laughs> so wouldn't that be six A's? Six A's? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little inside joke between friends. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Anyways, that was all the game news I had. And it's not even really news, it's just stuff we've already seen. You got anything? Not really. The only thing I can really say is that if you're as excited for Armored Core as I am, oh boy, is now a really bad time to buy the games. Wig, wig, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Probably. Hmm. I got a weird little movie tidbit. Okay. Taylor Swift is going to be making her feature directorial debut. Really? Yes. For what? No idea. Okay, that's... Yeah, I don't think I would have had that on any conceivable bingo card. All we know is she's written an original script, and the film will be made with Searchlight Pictures. Okay. I'm I'm curious to see what comes of that, then. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna judge just because somebody's never made a movie before. <laughs> sometimes that's how you... No, sometimes that's how you get really crazy shit, man. Okay, that's fair. I heard a little bit of hesitance when you said that. I was just like, oh, but he, secretly he kind of wants to. No, because see, <laughs> the thing is, I stumbled a little bit because I was going to point out all the people who make films for A24 and then realized, oh, some mm -hmm. of them, like Jonah Hill directing mid-90s. Well, Jonah Hill's worked in films, even if he hasn't worked on films. And then I remembered, oh, right, Bo Burnham directed 8th grade. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> if that's not just the perfect example. I was getting ready to say, when you thought that, my first thought is like, okay, so it's probably going to be an A24 movie. <laughs> yeah, no, Socialite Pictures, which, okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Welcome to the House of Mouse. Welcome to the House of Mouse, Miss Swift. I guess we'll find out more about that as we get closer. Yeah, I'm... Oh, God, I mean, shoot, I don't listen to Taylor Swift's music, and I don't, like, really follow her enough to know, like, what she's like as an individual, so I kind of want to do a guessing game of, like, what it would be, but, you know, I don't think that's a little bit moot. I think a horror movie could be interesting, but then, I, I think a horror movie for anybody would be interesting. I, I <laughs> Horror movies are such an interesting insight into someone's psyche of, what do you think you can make scary? I think if Taylor Swift made a horror movie, I would probably actually fall in love with her at least a little bit, because it'd be one of those things where it's, like, not even remotely what I expected. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's just me spitballing. I'll watch a horror movie from anybody, just about. Mm-hmm. I forget, did you ever see Alita Battle Angel? No, I, I wanted to, but I never got a chance to see it in theaters. Well... Producer John Landau still wants to do a sequel, and apparently he has been in talks with the first movie's director, Robert Rodriguez. Okay. His exact words, because bear in mind, Landau's also a producer on the Avatar movie, so he, mm. he said, We want to do it, but we're also the type of people, we give 110% of ourselves to whatever we do. 
It's not something we could have focused on in the midst of Avatar Way of Water. It's something that a couple weeks ago I was talking to Robert. We've had numerous conversations. So it's something that we still want to happen. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah, I'm, I would watch an Alita Battle Angel sequel. I, I'll admit I don't actually remember how much I liked the first one, but I do remember some things stuck with me, so... Mm-hmm. And I don't remember going on a vitriolic rant about it, so... <laughs> well, that's always good. Right? It's like, I don't remember actively hating it, and I mm. remember some things from it. So, considering the number of movies I've seen in theaters, that's, I think, that's, that's a winner. That's encouraging, yeah. Now I, now I might have to rewatch it and see. Mm. But anyways, here's hoping. Yes. You like the Muppets? Yes? Dot, dot, dot. You've seen a Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, a full version of the movie is available to stream on Disney Plus now, including a song that was originally cut and only included on the VHS release. Is the song, like, a separate thing, or did they just, like, re-edit it back into the movie? Apparently it's been re-edited back into the movie. Oh, okay. I wonder why the song was cut. (laughs) Oh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, studio chief at the time, the guy who went on to do Quibi the stupid streaming mm. service where the only gimmick was that videos could be watched horizontal or vertical. I was going to say, was that the one where they kept on talking about how, like, TV was free or whatever? I don't think so. Mm. No, Quibi was the one where it, 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 it was vertical. That was the whole gimmick. You could watch it in vertical. <laughs> oh, and also, you couldn't share it to... so You couldn't share any of the videos to social media, so uh, it, there was a bit of a viral meme about someone filming a video off of someone else's phone using their phone and then posting that video. Uh, yes, welcome to Quibi, the ideal streaming service from Checks Notes, looks at dates, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that should tell you what we're dealing with with Katzenberg. Mm. Anyways, director Brian Henson said that Katzenberg was the one who suggested the song be removed because he said... It's just a little too adult emotional for little kids to stay connected. And it's like, uh, it's it's one song that's only like three minutes long. Yeah, and usually for these kind of movies and whatever, there's going to be jokes or whatever for the adults anyway. This is a movie with Michael Caine playing Ebenezer Scrooge dead seriously, like one of his best performances <laughs> against a bunch of Muppets. <laughs> the emotion is what makes it work, you moron. Yeah, I mean, even with these wonderful performances, this isn't something we're like aiming for, unnecessarily aiming for the stars. <laughs> I just, I just love the move. Okay, Mr. Kane, you know, it's a Muppet movie, so feel free to, you know, cut loose, have a little fun with it. Michael Kane. I'm going to treat this whole thing as seriously as a car accident. <laughs> and he did! <laughs> yeah, some real like... gravitas! God, it reminds me of the SNL skate where they got Adam Driver for it and to play one of the characters. And he is being the wonderful actor that Adam Driver is. But because of that, all the other like actors in the skit are losing their shit. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Arguably, this is one of the best Christmas Carol adaptations of all time. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> the reason it wasn't included on anything else besides the VHS release is that Disney lost the negative. What? Yeah, they they lost the the original negatives of that scene. 
That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So when they tried cutting it into the Blu-ray movie, it looked terrible because you could tell we cut from high resolution to the original video release, is what Henson said. And then they found it. Oh. They found it in well, 2020. It's like, was it wedged between, like, cushions and a couch or something? It's like, just digging through, it was like, oh, look at that! Priceless film reel. Yeah, let's keep that, guys. <laughs> Nah, it's cut between the Indiana Jones movie starring Shia LaBeouf and the Inhumans movie that was made but never released. <laughs> the joke is neither oh. of those things exist. I was say, that's a terrible place to, to lose something like that. I don't know, an Inhumans movie might have been pretty good if Marvel Studios had mm. made it and not Marvel Television. R- oh my that's God, unfair because that. Marvel Television is also responsible for the Daredevil show, so they've had some ups, they've just also had Inhumans. <laughs> to, to put it like and Iron Fist they've also, I, I would much rather watch Iron Fist than Inhumans like no contest you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little torn because on the one hand yes Inhumans is a much worse show but it's shorter I mean granted I never watched the second season of Iron Fist but I could tolerate all of the first season of Iron Fist with significantly less too issue. many flashbacks of the same plane crash that was annoying as hell it's like okay we get it you have crashing airplane PTSD. Who wouldn't in that situation? <laughs> Not to be mean, but it's just like, guys, we get it. He went through a traumatic experience. I don't mean to be a shithead with it, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm getting way off topic here. The point is, good for the Muppets. Good for the Muppets. <laughs> and now, let's get to the DC dumpster fire in the room. Oh, boy. Which is that nobody has any idea what is going on at DC, but everybody seems to think they know. Um, everything's on fire is what I'm hearing. Well, no, first of all, nobody can agree on whether or not Black Adam's making any money. It, I mean, I thought it wasn't. <laughs> well, uh, the funny thing there... Right, so originally, I think Variety said that Black Adam was going to lose $50 million to $100 million, And then... Dwayne Johnson on Twitter said he confirmed with financiers that the film is going to profit between $52 million and $72 million, which I guess means its marketing budget wasn't as big as we initially anticipated, mm. which would make sense. Yeah. He also tries to flex by saying that at almost $400 million worldwide, we're building our new franchise step-by-step. Step. First Captain America did $370 million, and it's like, bruh, <laughs> you're trying to compare it to the first Cap? <laughs> you're the rock yeah it's mm, yeah that doesn't work does it like initially i'm like okay i can kind of see what you're trying to say and then it's like you're the rock lesser known character first adventure but it's also like you're a shazam spinoff it's starring the rock you've got the justice yeah. society and dc's been doing this for a few years actually making better movies so you've got better goodwill it's not really a valid comparison yeah especially i was gonna say as well I don't know, because my introduction to Chris Evans was through Captain America, but I'm going to assume as well that Chris Evans was a significantly lesser known actor at that point than now. Well, I mean, too. he was Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, that's oh, we don't talk about those, though, do we? <laughs> he was also in Scott Pilgrim. I still haven't seen Scott Pilgrim. My God. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, it's The Rock. That shouldn't be a flex. It should just be, like, the standard. <laughs> yeah, so that's a thing so we have no idea where that is because i assume warner brothers would know better than the insiders but also i'm 
it wouldn't surprise me if there's some creative accounting going on, or accounting for stuff like home release and projected merchandise sales, which, yeah, that's part of the profit, but it's not the film's profit, you know? Yeah, the film is the biggest piece of it but all. But that's conjecture. So much of this is conjecture, but it's all coming from otherwise official sources, so it's hard to just completely discount is the thing. Yeah, it's fun when all the official sources are saying contradictory things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman 3 is not happening in its current state, at least, which a lot of people seem to think means has been cancelled entirely. That's not technically what's being said. All that's being said is it's not currently moving forward. Still not encouraging. Yeah, that one's not great. Yeah, especially with the year of Warner Brothers. And this one gets a little interesting, because allegedly what happened is that Patty Jenkins submitted her script treatment or her pitch for Wonder Woman 3, and DC had notes. Okay. Allegedly, it had character arc problems rivaling those of Wonder Woman 1984. So, no. Warner Brothers motion picture chiefs Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi had concerns about the treatment, provided notes. Jenkins fought back and defended her vision that the three equals character arcs were solid. Jenkins was given the opportunity for another pass, but opted to walk. Oh. Allegedly. Hmm. This is coming from Deadline, so usually a pretty good source, but also, again, no idea what's going on at DC anymore, so I'll wait to hear what happened. Because the other thing is, a lot of people are using this as a jumping-off point to slam Patty Jenkins for being, I guess, hard to work with or something. And it's like, Hmm. okay, let's just... Let's just calm down. Is it possible? Yes. But let's just look at, yeah, a lot of her studio projects don't get made, but let's look at some of the things she was in talks for. Thor the Dark World. Whatever. That was being made during the time when Marvel was run by committee, so... (laughs) I don't blame people for walking. Jon Favreau walked during that time. He didn't come back for Iron Man 3. Doesn't make him a diva. Doesn't make him a problem. Yeah. Oh, that I did not know. That's why Shane Black directed Iron Man 3, because Jon Favreau, after Iron Man 2, was like, I think I need a break, this is getting, these notes are getting a little much. Mm. It's part of why Joss Whedon didn't come back after Age of Ultron, because Phase 2 of Marvel was just kinda that kind of run, at least for some Mm. of the sequels. So, her not signing on for Thor of the Dark World, whatever. Rogue Squadron movie. Okay, that's Mm. a little disappointing, but... All Star Wars has done the last couple of years is announce projects with talented people attached and then refuse to materialize results. Yeah. That's not a her problem. That's a Star Wars problem. Looking at Rogue Squadron movie. The one she was going to make, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it's like, really... Not against her, but No, still. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to tell what's going on here. Hmm. Allegedly, Man of Steel 2 isn't happening. I didn't think it was happening. Well, they were looking at a script for it, but apparently that was before Gunn and Saffron took over. Hmm. And this one's interesting. Having no further contractual obligations in place to play Superman, Cable took it upon himself to announce that he was coming back on Instagram. Huh. It's like a bad legal sandwich waiting to happen. Not legal, but definitely putting the cart before the horse and trying to leverage fan reaction. Yeah. Which, people do that, it's whatever, but here's where it gets really interesting. Dwayne Johnson was the one really pushing for Cable, apparently, to show up in Black Adam. Whereas, 
the current leadership of DC at that time was planning on planting the seeds for Cable to come back leading up to a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, which would have been a terrible idea. And <laughs> to find out why, I'm going to start doing a poorly explained comics series of videos on it, which will start next week, not this one. But, well, this upcoming week when this comes out. Hmm. Here's where else it gets interesting. Johnson and Cable both have the same manager. Ooh, conflict of interest. Not conflict of interest, but definitely there's a benefit to you, to Johnson pushing so hard to get Henry Cable back, especially because that manager is his ex-wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I... What? <laughs> so... I don't... I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> I I can't help but feel like this is just an attempt. Get Cable in your corner. Leverage that rabid Snyder fan base of robots to get you more into the DC universe. I don't know. It just feels icky. You know? Oh, God. This sounds like a weird mashup of DC and Sex in the City. Like, <laughs> Is it weird that I'd watch that? <laughs> honestly i probably would too i'd be very curious i'd be very interested to see like what comes of what would come of that also oh, allegedly my. unrelated to any of this jason momoa may be set to stop playing aquaman after the second movie but instead they might be talked about recasting him as lobo what's lobo the main man he's an invincible bounty hunter hmm. anti-hero ish reluctant frenemy of supermans okay to be honest granted i haven't seen a lot of jason momoa doing other things but that sounds more like jason momoa than aquaman honestly he loves dolphins he loves dolphins <laughs> i mean dolphins are pretty sick man <laughs> curses a lot smokes a cigar yeah this this feels more jason momoa than aquaman that's that's for sure. you ever see any of justice league the animated show Oh, it's been a while. I used to watch it like, every now and again when I was like in middle and high school. Do you remember the episode where Superman got sent to the future and everybody thought he was dead? I can't say that I do. Well, shit, because they got Lobo to replace him on the league temporarily. Oh. oh I'm sure that went well. It did not. <laughs> it 100% did not. <laughs> nice. So, all the things about Black Adam sequel being unlikely and being lucky to break even, Wonder Woman not happening, Man of Steel sequel not likely to move forward, and Momoa coming back as Lobo rather than Aquaman. That was all said by The Hollywood Reporter. Mm. And then, James Gunn responded. Oh boy, what did he say? I respect James Gunn, because James Gunn, if something is false, he will say it is false. Mm-hmm. And here's his full story through a series of tweets. As for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time, and we're still just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself, and there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, 
The drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far, and to help rectify what is not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We're giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. I feel like that's a fair response overall. Yeah, no. And like I said, James Gunn, he'll shoot stuff down if it's false, and he'll also confirm stuff if it's true. So, some of that stuff is apparently true. I'd wager Wonder Woman 3 not moving forward in its current iteration is probably the most true, because it's the most actual details surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't dare hazard a guess. Yeah. I'd say a Black Adam sequel is likely still happening, so that's the probably not true part. I like how I said I wouldn't hazard a guess, and here I am hazarding a guess. (laughs) But the more I think about it, the more the gears start turning, you know? Mm. So I feel like the Black Adam sequel is probably still happening, if only because The Rock still has that star power to leverage it. Mm. And he could probably argue for putting Superman or some other superhero in the movie to fight against who's a bigger name than the Justice Society will put more butts in chairs, which is a fair statement. Yeah, and it'll only take another ten years for the sequel to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm gonna guess the Man of Steel plans are half true. Hmm. Because Gunn also said Figuring out Superman is a huge priority for them, if not the biggest priority, because there are some, there were some rumors and some scuttlebutt that with Gunn being in charge, they'd move away from the bigger name characters and into more lesser known stuff, which Gunn tends to do with these kind of movies, but he then reassured, no, Superman's still very much on the cards, on the table. As I say, it's like, that's one of the characters that it, like, for better or for worse, Superman represents DC. If you're trying to put together a whole large cohesive thing, I can't see that happening and going well without Superman being there in at least some capacity. Right. It kind of has to happen. Yeah. And if not, oh boy. Mm. And then, I don't know, maybe they haven't decided on Momoa as Lobo. But you should. He should have been Lobo from the start. He was a poor pick for Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, and also, from the Hollywood Reporter article, allegedly there was a bit where Cable was set to cameo in Flash, but there's a debate inside the studio whether or not to keep that cameo, because its inclusion might promise something the studio has no plans on delivering. Hmm. So we'll see. Hey, Boo Boo! Hey! <laughs> Let's cut that part out, or else we're gonna have to deal with some angry comments! <laughs> Uh, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) It came from the same place as the essay contest. (laughs) Okay, back to it. Back to the actual stuff. So that's that. Who knows what's going on at DC? We'll find out eventually. Mm. But boy, howdy, it's just funny to watch everybody running around with their own takes on stuff. Like I have. I mean, ugh. You know, I always say this kind of thing, but I just hope that all the all like the smaller people who were in charge of actually keeping things together, like, you know, writing team, editing team, things like that, like the people that aren't really on the forefront of these things, I hope that, you know, they don't get overtly screwed over by all this. Oh, they will. Or at least, or if they do, it's like, it's as minimal as possible. One can hope, but they will. Hmm. Trailer time? Yeah, let's go for trailer time. All right! We got a new trailer for Megan. 
with a three. Mithrigan. 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 Um, Megan. Megan. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I. Uh, I like I this like trailer it. a lot more than the previous one. I like this trailer a lot more. This is still one of those unfortunate things where because I don't really do horror movies, it's like I I've, I am genuinely very interested in this, but I don't think I'm going to go see it in theaters because I'm still... I feel like I've gotten better over the year, but I'm still not great with horror movies. Well, I'm going to see it. Uh, absolutely. I'll be it first in cool. line. It looks cool. This is a really cool trailer. Jesus Christ, I thought we were friends. <laughs> it's just like next scene is just a dude choking on the wires like how did that happen <laughs> super strong android probably yeah also just i mean if there is the scene i'm the most curious about it is the scene where she goes and walks to somebody's mclaren mp412c and steals it most because i'm just like okay does no one see the tiny android girl stealing the four hundred thousand dollar supercar nobody depending oh, okay. on where they live probably not <laughs> New York, it's baby, like, maybe. <laughs> it's like okay, I get there. There she goes in the four hundred thousand dollars supercar. <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Mm, yeah, that that's part, a depressing that part, movie. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, well, again, definitely a lot more interested. I feel like this trailer does a lot more to sell the overall like feeling of the movie and the characters and whatnot than the last trailer. I feel really bad for the dude in the hallway because I cannot imagine just a more insane and horrific way to die than to be killed by a crazy-ass dancing android with a machete. Yeah, that's a pretty fucked up way to go, isn't it? That's a, that's a fucked up way to go because it, it very heavily implies at the end of that sequence, it's like, yeah, no, she like cut into him pretty good. She's going to butcher <laughs> that, man. Oh, yes. Now, here's a horrifying question. What do you think the odds are that Megan eventually decides to make more Megans? Mm, oh, that'd be bad. Because you got to imagine, <laughs> yeah, you got to imagine that eventually she's going to realize that if enough people come at her, they can shut her down. Mm. So presumably, in order to maximize her objective function, as protagonist lady put it, yeah, whose name I've already forgotten. Same. <laughs> Presumably she'll figure out either she has to ditch the constraints of a robot form, or she's going to have to make enough of her where it doesn't matter. Uh, she'll have to become one with the dark side, because it has access to forces that some would consider unnatural. Yeah, but how, dun, though? Dun. How, though? <laughs> you fell down a shaft! <laughs> in an exploding Death Star! <laughs> It, it turns out, like, an extra scene in Mifrigan is actually goes teleports to Palpatine's cloning facility. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. No, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't suck with horror movies, because I actually would love to see this in theaters. <laughs> we also got the first trailer for Infinity Pool. This is extremely uncomfortable. It is, which makes sense, because we saw Possessor together, right? I think so, but I don't really remember a lot of it. Same director. Mmm. Okay. Brandon Cronenberg. Okay. He is the son of David Cronenberg. Oh, okay. Cool. So uncomfortable body horror is kind of in the it's kind of in the blood. Is it did you make that joke on purpose? <laughs> uh no, happy accident, actually. <laughs> Very happy no, I, accident. 
when it started, I was like, oh, it's Anna Kendrick. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I'm interested in this. And then as it proceeded, I was like, oh. No. Oh, boy. No, not. That's Alice oh, Darling. I'm... That's Alice Darling. Wow. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Spoiler, I guess, a little bit for my thoughts on Alice Darling. No, Infinity Pool was the one with Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, okay. So still the same thing. Deeply uncomfortable. Very curious about this country's protocol, wherever they are. It's like, any crime you commit, the penalty is death. It's like, I'm sorry? What? <laughs> Not as sorry as he about to be. It's like the meme of like the dude just tilting his head back and blinking out of disbelief. It's <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, the whole body horror, especially with the faces, it gave it gave me a lot of um us vibes. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested in this one. That's yeah, for sure. I'm curious to see what these doubles are capable of, and if the doubles themselves are going to prove to be the sort of villainous force at work here, or if it's the corrupting ability to get away with whatever you want if you can buy your mm. way out and have a double die instead. Mm. Or maybe it'll be first one, then the other. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe the corrupting influence leads to too many duplicates dying, and then they decide to rise up or something. Too many dupes. Too, too many, many dupes. dupes. <laughs> oh, that just... I didn't need that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well. Mm. Looking forward to that one. Definitely interested in it, that's for sure. Also funny because there was a preview in front of the mean one for this movie, so I thought I already saw the trailer, and I'm glad I double-checked because the preview was different and did not give as much away. Oh, okay. So I was very confused by what this movie was supposed to be. Alice Darling? Yeah, let's try this again. Alice Darling. <laughs> again, deeply uncomfortable. Has Anna Kendrick in it, and Anna Kendrick is great. So when I saw her, it's like, oh, okay, I'm definitely interested in this. And then as it proceeds, it's just like, oh, this is, this is not Oh, fun. abusive gaslighting boyfriend. Great. Yeah. And it's, and it, do, it, this trailer also does kind of do the unfortunate thing of giving away, I mean, it might pull some twists because it kind of reminded me of the menu in a certain way, but I feel like it also just gave away a lot. Oh, there's a missing girl. I wonder who the abductor could be. <laughs> it's certainly not the boyfriend. Yeah, who somehow found out where she was, even far away from society. What a time. Mm. But, yeah, this looks uncomfortable, but in a sense of I still want to watch this just because I hope things end up okay. Yeah, yeah, you know what, I could agree to that. It's like, congratulations, it... you've made me a concern. Yeah, congratulations, you've made me, like, concerned for your well-being. That's where they get you. <laughs> Which I guess just leaves one last trailer for this week. Yep. Uh, and that would be Skinamarink. Okay, thank you for saying that. Because for some strange reason, I could not wrap my brain around how to actually say the name of this trailer. I or think, this movie. I think it's a song. Hmm. But I only vaguely recall hearing it. Yeah. Again, kind of the same thing with the with all of these. Deeply uncomfortable? Definitely the most uncomfortable out of all of them. It's really been a week of uncomfortable trailers, hasn't it? Boy, I yeah. didn't even think about that. <laughs> all, like, basically horror or horror-adjacent, at least. It's either horror or it's a thriller. Yeah. Or a horror thriller. Yeah, this is one of those ones where it's, part of me wants to see it because it looks really creative, but part of me, the other part knows I wouldn't have a good time with it. 
I'm definitely curious about the forces that are going on in this house, especially with a few of the scenes where the voice goes in this house and there's a quick cut and something that was like on the wall or whatever has disappeared. Oh, yeah. That was the door. Oh, Oh, no way out. The pr- Yeah, the premise of this movie, per Wikipedia, is two children, Kevin and Kaylee, wake up in the middle of the night to find that their father has disappeared, along with all the windows and doors in the house. Oh, oh, jeez. Apparently, it's based on a common recurring nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it definitely looks like nightmare fuel, that's for sure. Yeah, $15,000 budget, too. Really? Yeah, cheaply made. I mean, it does kind of look like... It definitely did give me vibes of okay so there's either like a lot of still shots where someone has just set up a static camera or there is somebody like following one of the actors with a camera i mean that's not necessarily a bad thing you can definitely get some creative stuff going without too much hassle if you're smart about it plus it makes it a lot easier to make money back oh yes yeah yeah if the if the rule of budgets applies it's like okay so all it has to make back is 30 grand which since it's coming out in theaters, I have a hard time seeing it not do that, unless it's like a really limited release. It might be. I'm having a hard time figuring that out. Hmm. It also premiered earlier this year at the Fantasia Film Festival. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, due to a technical issue, a digital file was pirated. Oh, no. But it did get the movie a lot of word of mouth. Oh, well, that's good, at least. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this, and it really stinks because... Apparently the weekend it comes out is already super crowded, and I'm going to have to make a heck of a choice. Or just try and pile in a bunch of movies. Oh, if only, if only. Mm. If only I could. (laughs) No, House Party comes out that week. A Man Called Otto gets a larger release that week. Plane releases that week. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You see my dilemma. Yeah, because it's like House Party and Plane is like, okay, there's one I actually kind of want to see. And then there's the other one that I do admittedly want to see, but for significantly less, just because of the stupid-ass name. (laughs) Also, The Devil Conspiracy comes out that same weekend. Oh. You see my dilemma here. There's a a genuinely probably pretty good Tom Hanks film in here. Hmm. A, I don't know how good, but there's a fucked-up koala in it movie. (laughs) A generic action movie with the dumbest-sounding name and also Luke Cage. And also Luke Cage. And then this dumb... Pray for the devil adjacent looking fucking Antichrist movie. (laughs) If you're curious, that pause was me trying to remember what the name of Pray for the Devil was. (laughs) Because it's changed twice. Also because I've already forgotten most of that movie. Mm. Already out of my head. (laughs) Anyways, that's going to be a busy weekend and I don't look forward to the choice I'm going to have to make. Yeah. Shall we go to this weekend's box office? Sure. Alright. Everything is unchanged except for the numbers. Oh boy. Yeah. First place, still Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Took an 11.2 million domestically for a 409.9 million domestic total and $769 million worldwide. Violent Night in second place, $8.7 million domestically for a $26.7 million domestic total mm. and worldwide it is at 42.4 million okay that is a 20 million dollar budget movie so it might actually be making a little bit which here's Yay. hoping yeah strange world in third with a 3.7 million domestic weekend for 30.6 million dollars domestically in total and a 53.8 million dollars worldwide 
180 million dollar budget, no money. Yeah, no. The menu in fourth place, 2.7 million domestically for a 29 million domestic total and 58.2 million dollars worldwide, 30 million dollar budget, so might actually make a little bit, hmm. which is great. I like that movie a lot. <laughs> yeah, same. And Devotion, which is sitting at 2 million domestically this weekend for a roughly 17 million domestic total and 17.5 million worldwide. Oof. Yeah, its international release has not been big, apparently. Oh, that's unfortunate. But not surprising. No. Anyways, this is, I think, the first time that, since I started doing this, where the actual list of movies is unchanged. <laughs> yeah, that's that normally doesn't happen. It does not, because usually something else comes up, and even if it doesn't take number one, it'll at least knock something else off the list. Yeah. Like Violent Night. Like Violent Night. Or The Menu. Mm-hmm. Or Strange World. Or Devotion. Oh, hey, just strange statistical anomaly, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> Which leaves us with the movie only I saw, The Mean One. Just to give you some context, not only was it not in the top five, it wasn't in the top ten, it didn't even make the top fifteen. Oh my, where did it finish? Domestically this weekend, it was in 17th place with $218,550. Oof. For a $250,027 domestic total. Was there any information as far as its budget? Not as far as I could find, but let me double check. I can't imagine having a particularly large budget. Still not seeing anything. Hmm. Yeah, no, this movie was not great. <laughs> It's a very lazy-feeling parody. Enthrall us with details of the mean one. <laughs> so, it feels like a movie that only got made because somebody realized the bare minimum threshold of what they had to change name-wise to get away with making this movie and not get sued into oblivion by this Dr. Seuss estate. Right. Because there's parodies like there's Newville... Cindy, you know who? There's. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just gonna spoil this movie. I don't. Don't bother. It's lame. <laughs> Alright, there. There's your non spoiler section. Yeah, I've. Besides what you t- told me, I looked into it and was like, yeah, this, this doesn't sound like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so, now that that's out of the way, to get into spoilers, they actively treat it as if it's an alternate universe possibility of what could have happened in The Grinch. Mm. Where apparently the point of divergence is that Cindy's mom came downstairs while the Grinch was about to send Cindy off to bed, started attacking him, and then the Grinch killed her. That escalated quickly. <laughs> so about 20 years later, Cindy and her dad come back to Newville, where apparently nobody's celebrating Christmas anymore, just because there's no call for it. Nobody really cares anymore, whatever. And I mean, I, I feel that. <laughs> Damn. There's a whole conspiracy where the sheriff and the mayor are trying to cover up something, and it turns out that something is that they're actively luring tourists to visit Newville and go hike in the mountains so the Grinch can kill them because apparently the Grinch has decided to turn into a cannibal. Uh, so why are they, are they luring him to capture him? 
No. Luring them to... So you're just committing murder by proxy? Yeah. For no reason. No reason except they don't think they can stop him, I guess? You have guns. Yeah, but <laughs> I, it took I a hope. lot of gunshots to take him down when they did it. <laughs> okay. Like, the Grinch is a weird in this... It, it, he flip-flops between horrifying beast and weird, less funny mask caricature. Okay. Where he does some weird slapstick stuff and he's clearly having fun with it, but also they want you to think that it's some vicious monster. It's very inconsistent. Mm. It's one of those things where, yeah, okay, I like some really dumb movies, but I feel like the best dumb movies are the ones where you can feel like they're not phoning it in. Right. Where they're doing their damnedest, they're just not good at it. Or... (laughs) They're doing their worst slash most mediocre intentionally trying to underscore something. Mm. That is not what this is. Apparently the Grinch just attacks anybody who puts up Christmas decorations as well. So I don't know what that is. Mm. There's a love story. Really? Which I feel like is just an attempt to make it a four-quadrant movie, but females under 25 aren't going to see your Grinch slasher parody movie just because you put a love story in it. (laughs) Does the Grinch have any spoken lines at all? No. Okay, so what, does he just make noises or something? I think. I think maybe he said something at the end? I don't really remember, because by that point I was just kind of tuned out. It's really terribly shot, too, which doesn't help. The lighting is wildly inconsistent, not for any conceivable purpose of tone, but just because it feels like they just went with whatever was easier on the day. Mm. The camera work is really unsteady. The action is choppy. All the blood effects, a lot of the blood splatters are just actual, like, digitally added paint effects. Ah, we're going the Birdemic route, then. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty gross in a not even in an unnerving sense, but in a oh my god, you did that sense. <laughs> it's like you couldn't come up with anything better than that. There's a character who, for a good chunk of the movie, is just called Doc, and then it turns out his last name is Zeus, or Zeus rather. So it's Doctor Zeus. Uh, a little on the nose. Incredibly on the nose, and for again, no real discernible reason because he's a. He's a drunk crackpot who lost his wife to the beast. Oh, that's mean. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty horrible. Mm. For some reason, at the end of the movie, the main character, she set up traps all along her house, but she also apparently took the time to spray paint her shotgun like a candy cane. Priorities in check, very good. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, hey, I got this monster coming, but I need to get that Christmas spirit going with my yeah, shotgun. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It's just it's just kind of boring and dumb. It's not over-the-top enough to be funny. It's not well-done enough to be scary. It's just there. Mm. It's just an existent movie. It's a really lazy-feeling slapdash parody where it could have just as easily been a Wendigo or a Krampus or something, but I feel like somebody wanted to see, can we get away with pissing off Dr. Seuss's estate by making a by making it the Grinch? And instead of just pissed you off. <laughs> Not even pissed me off, just disappointed me. Mm. There was one bit that pissed me off, and that's at the end when she's about to kill the Grinch, and it, uh, I'm sorry, the mean one. Right. They keep, there's a couple of points where 
They keep cu- they actually did the thing where they kept cutting off before somebody said Grinch. Oh come now! Twice with the same gag, Ugh. where the- Doc and Cindy are at a bar, and both times he's about to say that Mister, the bartender just goes Finch. Got drinks here for Mister Finch. Mm. And it's just it's not funny. There's one bit I remember that actually got a pretty decent laugh out of me where he he kills a whole group of drunken Santa Clauses in a diner and there's one guy in an inflatable Christmas tree costume who's just not really sure what's going on and kind of freaking out in the costume while this is all happening and that was kind of funny. I'm all over the place, but then again, so is this movie. (laughs) There's a bit at the end when she's about to kill him where it turns out he kept the necklace that she gave him when he broke into her house and she thought he was Santa. And it turns out, apparently, that the point of divergence was him accidentally killing her mom because that got her to see him as a monster, and in self-loathing or maybe just deciding, fine, that I am a monster, he decided to embrace it. And it's supposed to be treated as kind of sad, but it's still a case of... This thing has killed and eaten multiple people. Yeah, it's like, oh, so sad. Bitch, you murdered people. Over a 20-year period. (laughs) And you even had help in that regard. You made a whole slapstick bit out of it at points. (laughs) It's where the movie's inconsistency really comes back to bite it. And then at the end, there's a whole bit with Cindy and her sheriff love interest talking about... Mm how sad it is that he had to die. It's like, maybe things played out different in another world or something. And it's like, shut up! Shut up! (laughs) It's like, stop. Stop. We get it. This isn't funny anymore. I think the thing that sticks with me the most is, at one point, the -the at-the-time sheriff just says, it's funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. And I thought, yeah, that's... That's this movie. (laughs) It's funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. Oh, I thought I was going to be a thing of, like, the thing that stuck with me was when the credits started rolling. Nah. Mm. At that point, I was just glad it was over. <laughs> it's a very dull movie, especially in comparison to Violent Night. I mean, that's just a hard one to top in general. Because Violent Night at least feels like it was made from the get-go with this concept in mind, and everything that went into it was to just build on and expand on that. Yeah. So, yeah, final verdict, don't bother going to see the mean one, just... They say it's the movie they don't want you to see, but really it's the movie you shouldn't see. Oof, well that's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I'm quite disappointed by that when I was really hoping it was going to be better. Mm. Avatar comes out next week. I don't think I'm going to go see it. No. So, I mean, just in case people, at least for me, they decide to go, it's like, oh, it's a... A movie podcast like yeah but here's the thing i i cannot be bothered to sit for a three-hour movie on like my days off that is way too much of a significant cut of my time <laughs> i can be bothered but it has to be something i'm actually interested in seeing and avatar just isn't that i know it's probably no. going to be a big release i get it avatar one being the highest grossing movie of all time after they kept it in theaters for nine months and then did a bunch of re-releases but whatever who's counting <laughs> me yeah, it, th- those are receipts worth keeping. But hey, you know what? The other upside is, at this point in time, 
we're small time enough that it doesn't really matter if we don't see the biggest thing that's out every weekend if we don't want to see it, because nobody's really clamoring for our opinion on Blue Pocahontas 2. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a comparison. Just watch. <laughs> Someday I'm gonna go see Avatar and IMAX 3D as God and Cameron intended. I'm sorry, I said God twice. Mm. And It'll be a life-changing experience, and I'll finally be like, I get it, I see now. Do you see the light? Yes! Yes! Jesus H. Tap Dancing Christ! <laughs> I love the Blues Brothers, is all I'm saying. Right. Oh, and, the, and there's a lot of Blues Brothers in this one. Oh, shit! <laughs> I kicked the fuck out of my mic. Just a solid block of blue. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't catch that quicker. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> In any case, still doing the podcast next week, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have a discussion topic. Maybe I'll keep the killer Santa movie streak going and watch Christmas Bloody Christmas. Mm. But in any case, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. This Thank has been Under the listening. Bridge. With Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And Greg, a.k.a. Craig. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share around, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, bye everybody. Goodbye everybody.